Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're going to continue our study on end times, and today we come to the final judgment. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, now wait, the Battle of Armageddon already happened. How is it that we're coming now to the final judgment? Because after the thousand-year reign of Christ that we call the millennium that we talked about in the last two sessions, in Revelation chapter 20, we come to verse 7, when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war The number of them is like the sand of the seashore, and they come up on the broad plain of the earth and surround the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever." And so we see that at the end of the millennium, which we've already talked about, it is a literal thousand-year reign. There's no reason in Scripture for us to doubt that or to think that it's another number. At the end of this thousand years, then it says Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. Now, before we get into a deeper detail on who Gog and Magog are, because that is spelled out in Scripture, um, the question begs here, why are there people still on the earth who have rejected Christ? Those are the only ones that would come against God's city and um, from the four corners of the earth and try and surround the camp of the saints. So where did these people come from? Because at the end of Armageddon, we see that we had the splitting of the sheep and the goats and the, the sheep went into the millennium and the goats went off into Hades um, until the next section that we get to, which is going to be a few sessions. Um, But where did they come from? Where is it that they came from? Well, when you think back to Armageddon, there's not only unbelievers there, but there are still some believers left on the earth that didn't die yet. So after Armageddon and the sheep are separated uh, with the goats, you've got these believers going into the millennium straight from the tribulation. And then you've got these others going into Hades in waiting for the great white throne judgment, which we'll talk about next week. Um, And then these ones that were still on the earth and went into the millennium will have children during those thousand years. Now, those of us who die before or are raptured 
won't because our bodies will be transformed and we are not we don't marry or are given in marriage but are like the angels in heaven and so that won't be an issue with us but those who go through the tribulation and haven't been transfigured or transformed um, will still marry and they will still have children during the millennium now those children are not automatically saved any more than you and I would be automatically saved because of parental um, genealogy. That's just not the way salvation works. In the millennium, it doesn't change. Salvation is still by faith in Jesus Christ. However, they're going to be in an environment that's perfect, in an environment that's led by God, and they 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 will be have direct access to Christ, um, but they still are human and inherited that sin nature. And this just goes back to prove Eden all over again, that even in a, in a perfect environment with Christ ruling and reigning right here, we will still rebel. So let's take a look. Who are this Gog and Magog people? Um, Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39 talk about this. And that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time today. Ezekiel 38, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face toward Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshech, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. So, Gog appears to be the prince, and Magog appears to be the region. And say, verse 3, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you about and put hooks into your jaws, and will bring you out, and all your army, horses, and horsemen, all of them splendid attired, a great company with buckler and shield, all of them wielding swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and put with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer with all its troops, Beth Togarma from the remote parts of the north with all its troops, many peoples with you. So this is the same instance all the way back in Ezekiel, thousands of years before, written about this exact same instance taking place after the millennium in Revelation chapter 20. And he says that they are from the remote parts of the north. So some people have, have said, well, it's going to be Russia. It's going to be, well, it really doesn't matter because after the Armageddon battle takes place, those nations are going to be different. And so it really doesn't matter other than it comes from the north. And then in verse 7, Be prepared and prepare yourself, you and all your companies that are assembled about you, and be a guard for them. After many days you will be summoned. In the latter years you will come into the land that is restored from the sword, whose inhabitants have been gathered from many nations to the mountains of Israel, which have been a continual waste, but its people were brought out from the nations, and they are living securely, all of them. 
So in Jerusalem and in the nations around them, um, they're all living securely. Why is it? Because it's the millennium. It's, it's a perfect environment and they have Christ right here ruling and reigning and, um, and the apostles with and, and such. And so there's, there's, there's really nothing to not be secure about at this point. And so they're living in security and they're just living life as it is intended to be. Verse 9, you will go up, you will come like a storm, you will be like a cloud covering the land, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. So now we see Gog and Magog, um, or Gog of Magog, coming with all of these troops that is rounded up, and they're surrounding Jerusalem. And they're surrounding the people of God. As it says in the next part, Thus says the Lord God, It will come about on that day that thoughts will come into your mind and you will devise an evil plan. And you will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. Why are they unwalled? Because they don't need to be walled anymore. It's the millennium. And they beat their swords into plowshares and all that. And so everything is is grand, except now these people in their sinful nature are going to take advantage of that. And it says, I will go up against the the land of unwalled villages. I will go up. I will go against those who are at rest. They live that live securely, all of them living without walls and having no bars or gates to capture spoil and to seize plunder to turn your hand against the waste places which are now inhabited and against the people who are gathered from the nations, who have acquired cattle and goods, who live at the center of the world. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all its villages will say to you, Have you come to capture spoil? Have you assembled your company to seize plunder, to carry away silver and gold, to, ca- to take away cattle and goods, to capture great spoil? And the answer is yes. And they don't have any weapons anymore to fight back. But this group has made their weapons. Verse 14, Therefore prophesy, son of man, and say to Gog, Thus says the Lord, On that day when my people Israel are living securely, Will you not know it? Will you come from your place out of the remote parts of the north? You and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses and a great assembly and a mighty army. And you will come up against my people, Israel, like a cloud to cover the land. It shall come about in the last days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am sanctified through you before their eyes, O Gog. Thus says the Lord God, Are you the one of whom I spoke in former days through my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied in those days for many years that I would bring you against them? I, it will come about on that day when Gog comes against the land of Israel, declares the Lord, that my fury will mount up in my anger. So God has already planned this to happen, as as we already saw in Revelation, as we're seeing here in Ezekiel, thousands of years beforehand. And 
this group, whether the guy's actual name is Gog or that's a title or, or whatnot, it's really irrelevant. Um, what is relevant is that they are fighting against God. They're fighting against his people and they're doing this for selfish gain. And God says, that is not going to happen. My fury will mount up in my anger. He's going to describe what is going to happen in his fury in this last time. Again, you know, it's kind of like Armageddon. You would think that they would have learned from their history lessons in the, over those thousands of years that the Battle of Armageddon didn't succeed because you cannot fight against God. God is all-powerful. There is no fighting against him. Verse 20, the fish of the sea... Uh, excuse me, in uh, verse 19, in my zeal and in my blazing wrath, I declare that on the day, on that day, there will surely be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. So now that's going to take out some. The fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all the creeping things that creep on the earth, and all the men who are on the face of the earth will shake at my presence. The mountains also will be thrown down the steep pathways will collapse and every wall will fall to the ground. This is a massive earthquake that's going to happen and it's going to cause mass devastation of Gog and the Magog and all of their cohorts, uh, all their forces and such. I will call for a sword against him on all my mountains, declares the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother. So it's not a sword that's coming from the nation of Israel or its allies, but this is a sword of Gog and Magog. And they're going to, just like others did in the Old Testament in the camp of Assyria and, and others, where God is going to turn them on each other and they're going to be fighting in their own midst against their own people. And so he says, every man's sword will be against his brother with pestilence, which is disease. And with blood, I will enter into judgment with him. And I will rain on him and on his troops and on the many peoples who are with him a torrential rain with hailstones, fire, and brimstone. This is not a time to be fighting against God. Well, no time is a fight time to be fighting against God, but... They come against God and his people, and he makes some of them sick. Try fighting when you're sick. Good luck. Um, and then on top of that, there's this earthquake, and he's going to rain on the troops with torrential rain, hailstones, fire, and brimstone. This is reminiscent of... Um, Sodom and Gomorrah. It's reminiscent of um, other times when God has rained down in Egypt and other places where there's hailstones and fire and such coming from heaven. Verse 23, I will magnify myself, sanctify myself or set myself apart and make myself known in the sight of many nations and they will know that I am the Lord. That he is the one and only God. He is the one and only potentate. He is the one and only in control. And then in chapter 39, that was just 38. 
And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and I will turn you around, drive you on, take you up from the remotest parts of the north, and bring you against the mountains of Israel. I will strike your bow from your left hand and dash down your arrows from your right hand. They won't even get a chance to use them. Verse 4, you will fall on the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and the peoples who are with you. I will give you as food to every kind of predatory bird and beast of the field. You will fall on the open field, for it is I who have spoken, declares the Lord. And I will send fire upon Magog and those who inhabit the coastlands in safety, and they will know that I am the Lord. My holy name I will make known in the midst of my people, and I will not let my holy name be profaned any more. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Behold, it is coming, and it shall be done, declares the Lord God. That is the day of which I have spoken. And uh, so... This this battle really isn't going to be much of a battle. Again, just like Armageddon, where it's, it's really hyped up, but it's really not going to be much of a battle because they're going to gather against God, and God is going to say, okay, fire, brimstone, hailstones, uh, torrential rains. Here, take a plague on top of that. And they will all fall on the mountains of Israel. And uh, they will all be destroyed. So much that in verse 11, it says, On that day I will give Gog a burial around their, uh, burial ground there in Israel, the valley of those who pass by the sea, and it will block off those who pass by. So they will bury Gog there with all his horde, and they will call it the valley of Hamon Gog for seven months the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. So that's going to be seven months of burying the dead. Not only that, but all of their weapons and the wood from their weapons. It says it'll take seven years before they run out of the wood that they need for burning of this. Now, are these years and months exact? Maybe, maybe not. Um, either way, it is a complete destruction of God's enemies for once and for all. And that is the beginning of the final judgment. Next week, we'll take a look at the culmination, the ending of the final judgment in the great white throne. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Freedom Fridays. Thank you.